Hello and welcome to the 86th episode of Overclock ZA, South Africa's most accessible consumer technology podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Shooters. I'm not actually the host, I'm a co-host. And my other co-host is Gavin Dudley, editor of the largest consumer technology publication in South Africa, Tech Magazine. Gavin Dudley, how are you doing? And how is your time been on the Huawei P40 Lite that you told everyone about oh, last week? Don't mention <laughs> <laughs> well, in the first place, you're making us work on the public holiday, which just demonstrates a level of commitment to the listeners, to the viewers, right? Excellent. But also it's because there's so much news breaking at the moment. Um, the P40 Lite, I'm trying to take an even approach to what is a grand experiment. Um, should, I, should I just jump right in on that? Just jump right should in, I just like that? a summarized, right. what has okay. your couple of weeks been? So last week, I reported an overall positive experience. Because what had happened is um, I'd followed people's advice. Now, just to context, the, the Huawei P40 is the first phone that doesn't have the Google services on it that we've explained to you week after week, right? So we do expect a lot of hurdles, things to overcome. If you don't have the Google Play Store, you can't just go and fetch Facebook and fetch Instagram and fetch Uber. Those things are not available to you. You have to go and fish around to get all those things. So I anticipated a bit of a struggle I think Huawei is very brave in even attempting this, but you would think that they would at least try to get those core apps into their app store. And unfortunately, they've got about, I would say, 30 or 35% of the way there. So you'll find, for example, apps for all the banks, apps for all the retailers, like, you know, Loot and Take A Lot and everyone else, that kind of thing. And then they've got all the Microsoft apps, but the big things, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Uber, these things not appearing in the app store. And this then creates a problem that I'm facing. So I anticipated this was going to be a challenge, but I was determined to resolve it and explain it to as many listeners like yourselves as possible so that you would know what you were getting into with the P40. Last week, I reported that I'd followed advice and used the phone clone tool, which I believe is what Huawei itself recommends. Use the phone clone tool and you, you connect your old phone to your new P40 and the phone clone tool allows you to bring over all the core apps that you need. It even allows you to bring over some Google apps. The Google apps won't run on your phone, but, you know, it brings them over, which just shows how the thing works. And in that process, I brought over WhatsApp, I brought over Facebook, I brought over Instagram, I brought over Audible, I brought over all my other core apps, and they all worked flawlessly. Then I ran into problems with WhatsApp. WhatsApp would only bring over the app itself, and a few of the groups that I was in, it wouldn't bring over the archive of messages, which is not a problem because I thought, well, I've done WhatsApp restores. Every time I get a new phone, I just restore my WhatsApp. It goes to Google Drive, fetches my WhatsApp archive, and presto. However, it refused to do that this time for various reasons. I reported last week I managed to lock myself out of my WhatsApp account yeah. not once but twice for days at a time, which is, like, very distressing. And, and unfortunately – and then it got worse, yeah. So I then attempted a complete clean restore of the phone, and I've still been unable to get the WhatsApp working. But now it's starting to look more and more like the problem is something I've done in WhatsApp. It just won't allow me to authorize the new WhatsApp installation. But the bottom line is that without WhatsApp in South Africa, you've got a non-starter product as far as I'm concerned. You feel that Huawei needs to put huge amount of effort into this one particular problem, the WhatsApp transition. Everything else can be worked around. You don't need to have Microsoft Office. There are lots of other Office suites you can sort of make do. But WhatsApp is so fundamental to the South African experience, you'd think they would put a lot more resource into making that work. 
So at this point, I have no WhatsApp, so I'm having to run two phones at a time. Um, and it's very non-optimal. So I think until they solve that, it's really hard to recommend a P40 to anyone at this point. As far That's as my I know, um, my P40 will be arriving soon. Um, they are working hard on getting me one. Um, I was told okay. that every time I say something bad, I slip further down the list. <laughs> so, okay. Nothing right. personal, just business, them protecting the interest. They actually, they actually say that. They're not really supposed to say that. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No one said that. I'm just assuming that. It's a naughty, naughty, okay, naughty right. assumption that I'm making that I'm passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Read into that what you might. Well, then. <laughs> uh-huh. Lindsay, um, renowned for making fabulous video reviews of phones that normally make the product look fabulous. You know, if, if your product's not fabulous, you simply won't make a video of it. If you made a video of your product, it's because your product's pretty good, you know. So there you yeah. go. Um, and I didn't smash it, guy. Up, which I did the, the, the S20 um, this morning, and it's actually going back tomorrow, and now I need to explain yet another Samsung device that I've smashed by accident. Fell out of my pocket onto the concrete floor. I was busy Jeez. fixing a bike. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it just yeah. slipped out of your pocket. Jeez. Slipped out of my pocket onto the concrete. Okay. Yes, it happens. Oh. These big phones, Funny phones getting bigger. I like I was yeah. saying... Um, I've seen a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of South African tech reviewers who have the P40 on, on review, and it's pretty much the same story as everybody. Um, the phone's fine, mm-hmm. and then they actually need to get work done, so then they run two mm-hmm. phones during the review period. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the other people haven't had the same WhatsApp problems that you have, uh, but ah, I feel that's mm. because of your persistence of wanting to import all of those backups. Yes, bring over the archives, yeah, sure. But let's move on, Gavin, because last week... Right. There was some big news, DSTV announcing that there is a forthcoming bundle a, that they've teamed up with two major streaming services and will be soon presenting a bundle to subscribers where they can. We assume it's Netflix and Amazon. Let's just run through this deal as quick as we can. Right. Okay. So DSTV, let's understand at the outset, DSTV has been losing premium subscribers for quite a while. Okay, the premium package, I believe, is close to a 1,000 Rand now. That's for everything. That includes the Showmax, you know, streaming service bundled in and so on. But they've been losing those premium subscribers for quite some time. I think they've lost over 100,000 of those just over the last little while. Um, They've seen an overall growth in subscribers, but that's all at the low end, not the premium stuff. So Mm. I don't know what that means. Um, in total, I think we're looking at close to 20 million subscribers in Africa. Of those, about eight and a half a million are South Africans. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting, the fact that they're losing these premium subscribers. I think that becoming a super aggregator or one-stop shop for all sorts of over-the-top video-on-demand kind of content is them basically trying to remain relevant in a South African market where they could quite easily, if Netflix or Amazon or anyone else does one, does one small strategic thing right, like drop the price or market or do better marketing or something, they could suddenly effectively see their ass. You know, yeah. they could actually get undermined very quickly because they're not locking in those high-end subscribers. They're only really being attractive to the low-end subscribers. So they could come unstuck quite easily. And let's remember, they've got huge amounts of money invested in all this, from the sports broadcasting mm. 
to all the deals they make with all the U.S. networks, to the homegrown content they're now creating, you know, the cake nets of the world and all that sort yeah. of thing. Um, with huge amounts of money tied up in DSTV's broadcasting operation that could totally collapse if they lose any more of those premium subscribers. So I think this is their play to remain more relevant. As more competitors enter the South African market, they're signing them up onto the DSTV service mm. so that DSTV becomes your, your brand contact. You know, your billing and everything else is happening through DSTV, yeah. even if you're using a multitude of other services. What do you think, Lindsay? Uh, so, so I've, I've, my, my thoughts have evolved on this. Um, like, like I still maintain that the, the Netflix versus DSTV comparison that a lot of, um, publications or at least a lot of journalists like to make, um, in, in this country, or at least in South Africa is not an apples to apples comparison because mm-hmm. like Netflix is an com- entirely different animal than, than pay-per-view, um, or at least, uh, the DSTV model. So what Netflix and Amazon gain by going to bed with with DSTV is they get access to all of the rights agreements that MultiChoice has built up over time in Southern and, and Africa. Through Africa. Yeah. yeah through yeah. Africa, like for all those 19. So that's like a big, big feather in the cap. Then the super sport business is in for a bit of a shocker because Super Rugby Aratoa, um, the New Zealand one, that went live this week. Obviously, New Zealand has no active coronavirus cases and no right, coronavirus right. cases right now so they've just opened up the entire country except their borders um, <laughs> and like i mean they had mad ticket sales there were like fifty thousand people uh, at, at eden park uh yeah there was like crazy they pent up they demand went, yeah okay they they oh. sold out in all of the stadiums people are obviously hungry for that and this is at the time where there's a renewal of the rights agreements for the, the for sansa for super rugby and Australia and New Zealand actually want to kick South Africa out because it doesn't make sense for them, the, the traveling and, and that sort of playing. Uh-huh. So they Whoa. do a thing on their own. They obviously need the South African public and the super sport money because that's what South Africa yeah. brought. We have stadiums, yeah. like all of our stadiums can seat like 40,000 people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and... But with them <clears throat> kicking off that little, that little, um, competition and having the response that they have had then the the super sport money doesn't look so nice anymore and they're like hey maybe we don't actually need these south african biltong biters as they like to call us oh dear, oh, dear. so if okay. Sport wants to pedal their wares and maybe go north to like the uh, pro 14 send all of our people there like they need to find okay. other revenue streams and then to bundle that in with like a netflix and an amazon bundle i'm coming around to amazon just by the way yeah I, Saw okay. a couple of movies and shows on there that I'm really into. So yeah, it, it makes a good. And then right. the DSTV decoder becomes the premium set-top box in the country. I mean, it is right. one of the best so effectively right now. the set-top box will do the satellite reception, traditional DSTV, which as yeah. we know is susceptible to weather and that kind of thing. But it will then have also conventional internet streaming the way you currently do with Netflix and Amazon and so on, and Showmax and other services. So you'll end up with the satellite feed and the internet feed together in one box. And as even as new competitors arrive in South Africa, let's say Disney or um, HBO Now, which is the new HBO service, arrives in South Africa, obviously it will be incumbent on DSTV to go and sign them up. Who of those services wants to stand all alone on its own and, you know, secure 
rights and pay off whoever needs to be paid off and get licensing when you could just bundle yourself in with DSTV and get instant access to their market, which is the premium market anyway. So, <coughs> so that, as that you say, makes a lot of sense. Like, okay. like multi-choice has gotten into the, or at least they, they spun out Showmax now, but they got into the technology game. Like they build their own decoders. Um, it's not yeah. really the white box products. Everything they do a lot of <coughs> modifications on, on those reference designs, and they they really intelligent and powerful machines. And if those are in 19 million households, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Africa, yeah, like yeah. you'd be silly to try and move people to a different set top box or a different like completely yeah, hardware I mean, technology imagine- service. Imagine you were Disney and you, you arrive here in Africa. Now you've got to do marketing in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Kenya, in Malawi, in Zimbabwe, in Namibia. Yeah. You've got to do marketing in all those countries. Or you could just get on board with DSTV. It was already done all the hard yards, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But talking Great. about things you plug into your TV, there was a PS5 that was announced, wasn't launched. We don't have pricing yet or anything there's two variants the one has a disk drive the cheaper one doesn't have a disk drive the the dual sense controller really gets wow that thing is incredible um all mm. sorts of wonderful technologies here. but gavin it's still just a playstation people are just playing games on there it's <laughs> not going to earn money you can't do work on it like what is i thought we moved i thought we as a society have moved beyond the console now well, you know, just to segue backwards into the DSTV thing, I had actually the reason I'd always backed play uh, the reason I'd always backed Xbox as the console is because I thought it had much better multimedia offerings. I thought if I was going to have one box in my lounge, let it be the box that also had the Netflix app, the Amazon app, had all yeah. the apps on, and you know I could just stream stuff and use the, the game console to do all those things. But it turns out neither of the two have been particularly good at that. Xbox set out to do that and didn't necessarily achieve it. Um, And you'd think, surely this is the obvious play, how to make yourself more versatile, you know, make sure all these other entertainment services work with you. Especially since my main point is that the console is no longer the specialized gaming platform. It's really just a PC if you lift the hood on those things, it's basically exactly like a PC. The yeah. only reason it works is because it's a standardized PC. So all the developers only need to develop their game to run on one particular kind of PC, which is called the PlayStation. But that's going to go away in the future, in my opinion. In the first place, I think, uh, you know, the console cycle is like a seven-year cycle. And... Um, Seven years from now, we're going to have full-blown server-side gaming, which we've discussed on the show many times. That's when all mm-hmm. the heavy lifting is done on the server side, and you can watch, you can play your game on just about any client, on a TV, on a tablet, on a PC, on a phone. You know. And so the idea of having horsepower in your home is going to go away as a thing, I believe, mm. over seven years. I think we're more than halfway there already, frankly. And things will become platform agnostic as they increasingly are. Fortnite was a big example of how this works. You want to get your game to go really, really big? Let players play from all different sides, all different mediums, all different hardware. And um, I think what PlayStation has going in its favor is that it's got huge, positive, warm, loving feelings and fan base, you know, that it's engendered over the years. It really has been the gaming platform over the years Mm. in a way that PC gaming is a generic thing. PlayStation is a branded platform, you know, and, and Xbox was the kind of the, the Johnny come lately, the 
scrappy underdog kind of thing. And I mean, they produced fabulous equipment, Xbox, and some fabulous games, but PlayStation really has been the forerunner in all these things. And that momentum might carry them three, maybe four years. It's never going to carry them for seven years. So the PlayStation of the future ain't going to be a piece of hardware that you stick in your lounge, that's for sure. It's going to be a sophisticated service. Xbox already knows this, I think, because, of course, Mm. Xbox already has the huge server um, infrastructure to deliver um, client-side game, server-side gaming. So I think consoles, we're not going to see big hardware unveils the way we have over the years. I think that's going to change. Yeah. So what what bugs me, there's, there's two things that really bug me about this particular announcement. The first thing is um, no pricing. <laughs> yeah. So that, that just know. means that like the, the hardware pipeline isn't there. They're not ready to deliver to all of the, to commit to delivering to all of the, the suppliers. Um, mm-hmm. they, they just, there's, there's, there's nothing to it. Anyway, the other thing that bothers me is there's this, they, they haven't showed anything outside of like, they showed a bit of the, the hardware stuff and like made these awesome videos and like that was cool. And then they showed yeah. just it was pretty much a half an hour of just game previews, or like more than half an yeah, hour of just yeah, game yeah. previews. So it's and like to be honest, yeah, two thirds no of one, those games didn't even appeal to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big fuss. No one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say no one cares. You have those those core members that like those hardcore like Forza, not Forza. Uh what's the other one? I forget. Yeah, anyway, you have like yeah. yes, you have the, the Gran Turismo fans. You have like the NBA, the two K, two K. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, like yeah, those, yeah. That's like those core fans. That new Spider Man game looks amazing. I love the fact that they're using Miles Morales, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Because Sony has the rights uh, to files that appeared in the Spider Man um, into the Spider Verse hmm. movie, and then they don't use right. that character. They just continue yeah. from <laughs> the old Spider Man game, and you're like. What are you guys yeah. doing right now? Like at this point? Yeah. Anyway, you know when I think about when I think about PlayStation, I mean, I just think about the millions of users, and what do I see in my head? I see FIFA, I see Call of Duty, I see yeah. um, Grand Theft Auto, I see yeah. you know like maybe ten games that probably accounts for ninety percent of these people. So yeah. the fuss about all the other games is about the other ten percent of people. You know, people yeah. who play Call of Duty play very little else. You know, people who play FIFA play very little else. So the idea of having more games available is not a big deal because you're actually only talking to 10, 20% of your, you know, user base there. Yeah. Big PlayStation players are, they're playing Grand, uh, they're playing Gran Turismo every day or they're playing um, Grand Theft Auto every day, Call of Duty yeah. every day, you know, this kind of thing. So I don't know what the big fuss is about all these other half-assed games, very few of which actually appealed to me and didn't look all that wildly impressive, yeah. frankly, to but me. But this is the problem. You know? It's like people my hmm. age are, are the target audience now. Like we, yeah. like younger kids, yeah. um, like my daughter, who should be getting deep into gaming now, um, she's into Minecraft. And like she digs a bit of Mario Kart and what I like expose her to there. Mm-hmm. But like she's into Minecraft. And it's all like my friends and their children where they mm-hmm. drummed into their children, like, this is how you spend time with your friends. It's like in a post-COVID <laughs> world, man. Like, that, you really want to be a couple of guys in a small room, huddled around the TV, you know, touching the same controllers. No, like, there's not a place want to go back to. And then, like, WWDC is coming up. So Apple, Apple's developer conference. Um, we expected to see new Mac hardware, 
We also expected to see them drop something about the new Apple TV, which might be coming with a controller on the side, like on, on, on the client side, mm-hmm. and they're taking advantage of the Apple Arcade. And then you like look at how well Apple Arcade is actually done. It's a subscription service, and you can just play all the games that's on there for like, I think it's like 35 Rand a month or something like that. And but like, do, we, no, do, do we know that Apple Arcade has actually done well? Do we know this? They have, presumably, if I know Apple, they haven't given us specific figures, right? They've just alluded to the fact. Yes, they've alluded to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if you are casual like, and you want to play indie games, there's the good couple of titles, and titles are, are getting more and better. Okay, so explain, the, explain the Apple Arcade concept to me. Is that, okay, you subscribe to the service, then you can play yeah. on any iDevice. Yes. Not not any, because not all the games will run on Apple TV, say. Uh, or yeah. what? All of the games, all the games will run, run on Apple TV. TV. Yeah. Your controller will be a bit limited, or what? You use the phone as a controller, or you what? You can use the phone as a controller, or you can... Um, there's Bluetooth controllers now. There's support for that on the iPad okay. and, on, and on iOS. All right. Um, yeah, so you, you can just jaw. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Apple, Apple has traditionally been especially weak on gaming. I don't know why. Yeah. I just refuse to get into it consistently over time. And now it's obvious that gaming is a huge market. It's possible they will work their way around to getting back into it. I mean, Amazon, for example, is starting to make quite a strong gaming play. Google has always yeah. been there and thereabouts. So we've got yeah, Microsoft like being in the game, dad, Sony being in the game. Uh, we've got one or two PC manufacturers being in the game. We've got Google being in the game. Amazon now has opened its own game studios and are building, yeah. attempting to build blockbuster games. They also own Twitch, of course, which is the yes. big game streaming service. But Amazon's looking to get more into gaming. Apple's kind of like lagging a little bit. But, I mean, again, they've got the kind of war chest that allows them to get into yeah. anything really yeah, quickly. Yeah, my, right? um, in, as, as an average consumer, you like my daughter's now doing most of her schoolwork and stuff on on the laptop, and I have to share like time with her on there. So if I had to buy another device now, if I get a PS5 that's going to sit in the lounge and collect dust, um, <laughs> that just there's nothing else you can do with it. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. okay, yes, so that's you can, your main drive. Like, yeah. You can watch, you can watch Netflix on it. You can watch a bit of YouTube, but you can't like create content on it. You can't interact with it that way, which is well, really. Well, I mean, we don't know that for sure. Is it, is it because the limitations of the controller, do you think? The interface is limited? Apparently, there's going to be a huge overhaul of the interface. But yes, so are you saying in which, that way? Which we are, are yet to see, which will be unveiled yeah, yeah. soon. Which is shorthand okay. for, we haven't actually figured this thing out yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. What yeah, we yeah. <laughs> sure. But I agree so, with yeah. you. Creating content is a big thing. The passive thing might be okay for you and I. We work hard all day creating yeah. content in a formal way or creating work output in a formal way. So when it comes to entertainment, we want to be more passive about it because we've been, but kids don't necessarily operate that way or young people don't operate that way. They just see entertainment and creating as all one thing. You are quite right. It's a very astute observation that. But Mm. I'd much rather have like a powerful or moderately powerful gaming PC that I can turn my themes on and then Mm -hmm. also use to make, to like do my work with. Like that's that's much what I do there. This is one of those things that Nintendo is furthest ahead on. The interaction with the user creating things. You can create your own Mario world or whatever. Yeah. You can you know, create outfits for the people in your world. You live in a world with people. You create 
you know, gardens and animals and whatever. Yeah. They're kind of semi-creative in that way. So Nintendo, again, you know, big ups to them. They really get that stuff right consistently. Okay, so tell us some more about the Apple stuff we can expect. Um, yeah, there's supposed to be a big iMac overhaul. Um, they're going to take away the bottom chin finally. It's going to look more like a mm. big-ass iPad Pro. And, yeah, that's that's about it. There's, we're looking at no, the, no, the, no. Arm, the, the Mac on Yeah, on, that's on the single ARM. biggest thing. Mainly because you and I, I forecasted. We forecast this like like half a year ago. We forecast this happening. Else did, but I, I get a bit nervous because Microsoft brought the what was the Surface Book X, um, and that was pretty much a failure. <laughs> um, okay. But with all intents and purposes, because they couldn't emulate 64-bit apps, which is uh -huh. bizarre. And then I like everyone expects that. Apple will nail it because they make their own processes. They've been, they have yeah. like the the muscle memory to like build those things and build all the services for like iPad and all those things. And it's just gonna port over okay. neatly to the Mac. But I I don't believe that. I really don't. The the moment in technology isn't there yet. All right. Um, I disagree. If you look at Apple Apple's acquisitions over the last while, you can actually see they've been strategically acquiring chip level technology companies including graphics chips and vr chip makers and you know all those kind of people i'm pretty sure they're going to put in a really strong play it was very prominently announced by the media and by apple that in the p in the in the iphone 11 the bionic was that version 13 yeah i think the a13 yes. chip in the last yes. iphone was powerful enough to run a mid-range laptop it was trumpeted throughout the media and imagine how far they've advanced since then. So I think there's a very good chance they've got i5 level processing capacity, if not better than i5. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And then some not game level graphics capabilities, but much better than your classic Intel standard graphics processing. And that I think is going to give Apple a huge lead in an emerging market of um low power laptops, massive battery life with adequate graphics processing for a bit of lightweight gaming. It's going to be strategically, I think, huge for Apple to get into that market, I think. Again, it's the creator's market, you know, the multimedia creator's market. Yeah. 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 Again, like I, I, I love the iPad. I, I love the iPad. I probably use the iPad more intensely than, than most users, um, at least sure. of people I know. Um, like I converted it to my, my primary computer. And there are so many limitations that you know won't be fixed if they change the form factor. Having multiple instances of apps and multiple windows and playing sound from like different sources at the same time. And there's like a lot of complexity that goes into normal like desktop computing that a lot of yeah. people take for granted. Where on a mobile device, you expect to only interact with one app at a time. Like they haven't even fixed the the third party video calling from the iPad. If you want a Zoom call and you want to reference your notes, like you lose your video feed because it Zoom must be the front app that you're interacting with, for instance. Okay. Can, so like this can I stop you there for a second? You see, you're, you're yep. assuming that their new PCs or whatever is going to be based on iOS. What if it's not? What if they take Mac OS and reverse engineer it down to the ARM level? You know, then they will have all that multitasking capability and everything else already in the OS. They just got to get the OS to run on the ARM processor. Um, maybe you should also just give us a 
give us a snapshot of, of ARM process and what that actually means. Because, I mean, it's possible a lot of people listening have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's the way that it handles logic. So it's called it's ARM because it's ACORN RISC. Um, oh, I forgot what the M stands for. Uh, it's machine. Acorn, it's Acorn yeah? Risk. Yeah, it's Acorn Risk Machine. Yeah. Oh, so Acorn. Acorn yeah, yeah. thing is like like a whole thing. It's just the way it deals with processing information, doing all those calculations. So it, it likes to work with on one task at a time and then have tasks running in the background. So it doesn't work on two tasks at the same time. Um, and right. I think the I, I still feel like OS, OS 10 is incredible for what it is. Um, but I don't think, if I just look at how they've tried to port a lot of iPad apps, um, what's it, Marzipan, I think it's called, where they ported a lot of iPad apps to, to the new Mac to OS X. And, and there's just a lot of clashing that goes on there. And yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going to stick this landing. I, I don't think they, from judging what Microsoft has done, and Microsoft has been developing this for a long, long, long time. Um, also true. I, I don't. I, I don't think anybody's quite there yet. So we'll, we'll okay. hear about it. Maybe there'll be a new MacBook, the 12-inch one. This, I like a small computer, um, and I'll get really excited about it. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see if they can stick the landing. Okay. But, but you think Apple TV, definitely a new Apple TV. So for those who don't know, Apple TV is like a set-top box. It's like a box. It's about the size of two, two uh, let's say, bars of soap next to each other. Um, and that receives all your streaming TV, and it's got apps for Netflix, for Amazon, and others, and obviously primarily for streaming in your Apple TV, for those who are interested in that, but it can also stream other things. What it's bad at is plugging in a flash drive and playing that. It doesn't yeah. really do that terribly well, but it does very well with streaming services and so on, Apple TV service. It's quite expensive yeah. for that. I mean, it's like nearly three grand now. I'm guessing a new one's going to be over three grand. And the remote yeah. is has historically been terrible. <laughs> um, so I think that's the big play. They're going to change the remote. They're going to have like a way that you can use it as a game controller. I think they might actually just release okay. a game controller with it, or like you can okay. already pay your PS Bluetooth controller with your your Apple TV. Right to which it. Is great. Okay. Yeah. So I think there's going to be we're going to we we are due a big processor upgrade for for the I think it's still running on the A9. Like they've okay. they've shoved that A9 into everything. Actually, it's in the home part. A9. It's, okay, they obviously produced it at scale. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the actually, they're up to a, up to A13 now. Hey, the last yeah. iPhone was A13. Yeah. Mm. It's in the iPad, iPad, um, the the sixth generation iPad. Mm -hmm. Like it's in a it's in a bunch of devices actually. Sure, but that must oh. be like three years old. That surely. I mean, sure. Uh, okay, uh, maybe not three yes. years, but old. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, obviously very stable and very power efficient. Yeah. With all of the with all of the protests happening, everybody's kind of jumped out and said we're not going to be selling off our facial recognition data anymore. Yeah, but I mean, what has since emerged is so IBM was a leader in this field. Microsoft wasn't particularly good, but it was up there. Amazon's was pretty good actually facial recognition. There have been lots of people working on this simultaneously. And one by one, they all came out and said, we're not going to give this to the police um, <clears throat> because of all the false positives. And then it turned out that actually none of them had imminent contracts with the police anyway. So it wasn't much of a deal because um, the police are using a company called Palantir, who are really 
dark and dangerous, frankly. And they do facial mm. recognition, most of the law enforcement services. But also, there were enough loopholes in the various statements made by IBM, Microsoft, and Amazon that didn't prohibit them from doing it in the future. It's just right now. So it may have been a bit of a PR washing. I don't know. But it's good that at least they're raising a flag on the issue because they want Congress to enact better legislation around what facial recognition can and can't do. At the moment, you can convict people on that basis, which is not great, mm. really. That R&D go into improving the autonomous car, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah a big sure, deal that sure. As well, where, where Volkswagen is now dealing with the guys who started making Ford's um, autonomous platform. The autonomous car marches on. We probably won't see it in 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 the next 10 years. I, I feel it's at least 15 what? years off. Really? Yeah. Like a fully Didn't autonomous car. Say we, we overestimate how much we can achieve in five years and we underestimate how much we achieve in 10 years. Okay, interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we, unless, unless we have a big like quantum computing upgrade or like ah. massive... Massive deployment of real-time data connections, and then quantum like computing is something we need to we need to dissect quantum computing a little bit. I think it's going to be a bit of a, a hashtag for this year, quantum computing. Somewhere it's going to come up, and I think our listeners deserve to have some idea what quantum computing is and how it works. It's, yeah, okay. It's still a myth. It is still yeah. a myth. <laughs> Well, not really. They've they've had some dramatic results from it, but we're not going to unpack it now. We'll unpack it in weeks to come. Okay, Listen, quantum computing. I will <laughs> I will trust that quantum computing is a thing when we have uh, our first quantum computing security breach, because every <laughs> single keyword in or encryption system we have right now is undone uh -huh. the second quantum we've reached quantum supremacy. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> Okay, but now you're getting into it. You're getting into it exactly like I said we mustn't do because the subject is too complex and too vast and we don't have time. Okay, but yeah, if but you're listening to this, you might want to look up quantum computing. You might also want to look up a company I mentioned earlier called Palantir, P-A-L-A-N-T-I-R. Go find out what they're doing in the world. Very scary. Okay, move on, move um, on. Moving on, Gavin, we're running a bit long. We're going to not have any tech treasures yes. this week because we pumped a whole lot of stuff up front. The only buying advice you should take from the show is don't buy the P40 series right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, approach with caution. Approach with caution. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I'll, I'll dive into mm. the camera review next, at least when I get it. Sure. Um, the other thing I just wanted to say, I've been, so my daughter's school has been following like the, the curriculum plan set out by government. So their schooling started now on the 8th. Um, and they went right. live with their live lessons on Google Meets. And the first week, last week, was just kind of teaching kids how to mute and unmute your microphone. Yeah, yeah, like I yeah. come to a right. like, after every 10 minute session and be like, hey, what did you do actual work today? She's like, no, just muting and unmuting the microphone. And I just want to say. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh -huh. it's, this, it's this big thing now about. Um, pushing like this online learning sort of thing and there's the fears of sending our kids back to school and what happens when they are like there's a whole bunch of COVID things going on with education yeah, right yeah. now kids are looking to be home for like a while longer still parents are wanting that but I'm worried about so they they have about a hundred kids on a call which is scary in its own I'm worried about 
the kids that aren't on the call, you know, because this is like a, a network-wide call for the schools. And my daughter has like, I think there's like 30 kids in her class and maybe 5% of them are on those calls. And and I really worry about yeah. the kids we are leaving behind. Um, what, what are the yeah. network operators doing? There were plans of like zero rating all these things. Um, but access to technology and technology that is capable of running those sorts of classrooms um, on, on the user side is still a big problem for large swathes of our society. And I'm, I, I, my heart breaks for, for the kids who aren't there. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think government is aware of this, which is why it's not going balls to the wall on, on remote learning. We all know there's great opportunities for remote learning, but like you say, it just widens the digital divide with people, the haves and have nots. I mean, when, we, when, when cell phones first came out, the digital divide was those who had access to reliable power to regularly recharge their phones. And then there were those who had no way to recharge their phones. It was as simple as that. You know, and then as smartphones came along, the digital divide was those who had access to data and those who did not. You know, and, and, and the digital divide just perpetuates. And now the entire future of your children has come down to who has access to regular digital yeah. device with processing power and everything else. You know, it's unbelievable how we are unable to close that divide. I think it's because the 10, 20, 30 percent of the country who have access to everything drive the agenda all the time. You know, let's mm. have remote learning. OK, you know, and then everyone submits to that. But we can't allow the 20, 30 percent to drive the agenda. Lindsay shooters. I only use phones that cost 20,000 rand. And what are my children learning from my example? What are my children learning? <laughs> what are my children learning from the fact that I have iPads and tablets and everyone must have their own one? <laughs> yeah. What are we everybody learning? Everybody must, must have unlimited <laughs> music streaming. <laughs> and I need at least four video streaming services or else I can't be happy. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, I mean, there's a lot to be said. I only see my children when the broadband slows down. Otherwise, they just stay in their room and they come out and moan at you. Are you downloading? Are you downloading? My game pick is going down. You know? <laughs> Otherwise, I just don't see them for days. Parenting fail. Google Meet as a platform. I just see the, the problems that the, the teacher has um, where yeah. it's like suddenly screen sharing won't work. And it's like, is it that uh, hard to make like a universal language or at least interaction language for for video services like why hasn't zoom and teams and skype and the heads of these services come together and said hey guys let's just all use these shortcuts yeah in africa there's so little disposable income amongst the general population. The big money and the big contracts are with the public services like government departments and so on. So you'd think that, you know, Google and Amazon and the likes would come out with a kick-ass online video learning product suitable for Africa, you know, that works on minimal bandwidth, that's easy to interact with, that works on all platforms, because that would be the silver bullet killer product for Africa. You'd think yeah. that's what they'd be doing, but no, we're all stuck with Zoom and Meet and whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. I've come around yeah. on mm. Zoom. I think Zoom, as I said last week, Zoom deserves to win because Google Meets is so... That's a, Google Meets is really good. Um, I'm down to the, the two makes up, two makes down sure. part sure. of my, yeah. my data plan right now. And Zoom is like, what? Fine. Like even better than Skype, as Skype has improved quite a bit. Um, we record, we use the recording from this to generate the the podcast and then the video that Gavin puts up on YouTube. 
Um, you can check mm. us out there as well. Um, that has improved over time, I think. It's sampling better on each side because um, I, I do a couple of podcasts like this way. And then, yeah, Zoom Zoom just seems to be like hanging in there as, as the outright leader. But that's enough about video yeah. things. That's enough from me. Today, you can check me out on YouTube. I'm That Opinion Guy. Um, ThatOpinionGuy.co.za is the website. And I'm Sharpshooters on social media, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. Gavin, what's going on in your life? Um, this week, we are working on a specialized article about budget entry-level phones. We're putting together a selection of six or seven entry-level phones that are the best we could find on the market in South Africa. That interests a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Maybe you're in that market, or maybe you know someone who's in that market, or maybe you're replacing a 20,000 Rand phone that you dropped on the floor. Whatever. Entry-level phones, we think it's the way to go. We think they're great offers to be had. So look out for that on techradar.com. If you go to techradar.com, you'll have to drill around, go to the phone section, and not today or tomorrow, but possibly the next day. Look for that. And please send us email, overclockedza, all one word, exactly as I've said it, overclockedza at gmail.com. Send us email, tell us what you'd like us to cover. We'll give you a shout out. All right. Sweet. 